Welcome to Be Ye Hearers. It's a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. If you've ever been to a courthouse, uh, a law office, or any other kind of judicial building, chances are you've seen at least one depiction of Lady Justice. Most of the time, she wears this blindfold over her eyes. In one hand, she holds a scale, and in the other, a sword. The scale symbolizes the weighing of evidence for or against a person. The blindfold represents the supposed impartiality of justice. And finally, the sword stands for the enforcement of justice. All of these attributes are things we would typically associate with justice. Impartiality, the weighing of guilt versus innocence, and finally, retribution, ensuring that that guilty person is punished for what they have done. The problem, however, is that so often in our day-to-day life, whenever we're wronged or whenever someone commits some kind of atrocity against us, we act as if the eyes behind that blindfold are actually our own. We become the arbiters of justice, and all of a sudden, we are the ones holding the scale in one hand and the sword in the other, ready to right the wrong done to us. Chances are we'll use this sword in one of two ways. After being wronged, we'll be so filled with anger that using that sword to return the violence done or injustice done to us becomes the only thing that we can think about. Revenge, retaliation. Or, as might be more often the case today, instead of using the sword to retaliate, we may just use it to sever all ties between us and this other person, effectively canceling them once and for all. Both of these responses, retaliation on one hand and canceling that person on the other, are forms of what we would call retributive justice. This idea that that this person who wronged us needs to be punished. But if we're honest with ourselves, the same thing that infects our wrongdoer also infects us. If we're honest, we see a hint of that same proclivity towards the injustice done to us every time we look in the mirror. Sin is one word for this. So what happens the next time around when, because of the sin that infects each of us, we inevitably are the wrongdoer? We suddenly become the ones with a sword at our neck, or we become the ones who are being canceled. And so inevitably, this process of seeking justice through retribution creates a sort of endless cycle of reciprocity. 
It creates this endless cycle of violence and punishment and violence and punishment and violence and punishment, and it goes on and on and on. Lady Justice has been around in one way or another for hundreds and hundreds of years. In Greek mythology, she was understood to be the titan named Themis. But then when the Roman Empire took over, she became the Roman goddess, Justitia, the goddess of justice. Emperor Tiberius built the first temple for the goddess of justice. And as you might remember, Emperor Tiberius was also the emperor during the time of Jesus. So throughout Jesus' life and ministry, this was the prevailing view of justice. The blindfold, the scales, the sword. Much like in our own time, this Justice, we, we imagine ourselves to be, Lady Justice. And so there would still be this cycle of retribution and violence and punishment. As Jesus says in Matthew's Gospel, you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So it was assumed that whatever someone did to you, you could then do to them. The cycle persists. But in today's gospel, Jesus talks about justice in a very different way. Love your enemies, he says. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. We often read this passage as if these are kind of like new commandments from Jesus. We assume that these are rules to follow and very specific and we're honest, like kind of outdated situations. I don't think this is altogether wrong, but I don't think that's Jesus' primary purpose here. In this passage, I think Jesus is describing more than he's commanding. I think he's painting a picture of a different reality more than he is giving rules. And this picture is a picture of what God's reality and what God's kingdom looks like. And so in this passage, when he says things like, love your enemy, turn the other cheek, give the person who steals your coat your shirt also, I don't think he's telling us, like, here's what you do in this very specific situation, as much as he's giving us little snapshots of what life looks like in this very different reality called the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, with each new snapshot, 
Justice in God's kingdom looks less and less like Lady Justice. Because in this picture of God's kingdom, justice looks more like restoration than retribution. It looks more like healing than it does violence. It looks like a God who, instead of a blindfold, wears a crown of thorns. And instead of a scale in one hand and a sword in the other, it looks like a God who bears two nails in his outstretched arms as he cries out, forgive them. They know not what they do. Paraphrasing theologian Stanley Hauerwas, on the cross, God underwent what we deserved, taking our violence into himself, refusing to pass it on. Refusing, as I recently heard it described, to cancel us. The cross was this moment in history when this cycle of reciprocity, this cycle of retribution and of violence was finally broken. Reality was altered forever, and for those who followed Jesus, it became the paradigm through which justice would be viewed from that moment on. Instead of hating our enemies, justice now looks like loving them. Instead of throwing the next punch, it looks like turning the other cheek. Instead of stealing back from the ones who steal from us, it looks like giving the thief even more. So like the cross, this vision of justice, it's definitely not retributive, but it's also not completely passive either. Jesus isn't describing a reality where his followers just sit there when someone hits them but one where they actively turn the other cheek. He isn't describing a reality where his followers just let someone take their belongings, but one where they actively give them more as well. Let me pause here and clarify one very important thing. This vision of justice informed by the cross in no way suggests that people should not be held accountable for their actions. It also does not suggest that people should remain in any abusive relationship, and it in no way, shape, or form justifies abuse, injustice, or violence of any kind. But what it does do is acknowledge that there is something in each of us that is broken. It acknowledges that there's likely a reason that that person hit me. Who, I wonder, first hit them. It acknowledges that, acknowledges that there's a reason someone stole my coat. Why, I wonder, didn't they have a coat to begin with? Justice informed by the cross goes beyond mere passivity. It goes beyond mere nonviolence by actively seeking the well-being, the restoration, and the healing of those who harm us. 
because that's exactly what happened on the cross for each of us. Forgive them. They know not what they do. You see, the cross wasn't only Jesus' refusal to perpetuate violence, but it was also the method through which he redeemed it, bringing healing, restoration, and redemption to those very people that crucified him, to each of us, and to all creation. There's a simple word for this kind of cross-informed justice. That word is grace. You may have heard grace defined as all of us not getting what we deserve. That's the fun part. That's the easy pill to swallow. But grace doesn't end there. It also lodges itself deep within us, healing us, restoring us, changing the way that we look at and live in the world. God's grace towards us very well may look like us not getting what we deserve. But God's grace at work in us looks like us not giving others what they deserve either. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org slash live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.